Welcome to a brand new episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about libraries, when to use them, and when they might not be as helpful as you think. Let's give introduction of today's panelists. Stacy, you want to start it off? I'm Stacy London. I'm a senior front end engineer at Atlassian. Jim Young, senior software engineer at Netflix. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all on the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Trade-off. Trade-off. So at any point in the episode, if we say the word trade-off, we will all take a drink. All right, before we go deep into this, I have a good question. How do we define what a library is? I think that's a difficult thing to do. So I'm, I'm interested in both of your thoughts on this. Uh, yeah, it, like library versus framework. I yeah. don't know if there's like a third contender in that mix, but that's usually the, the two things you always hear talked about. Like, is it a library? Is it a framework? I'm not sure. In the past, I've used the, like a library is something that just augments a few small things, but isn't necessarily maybe the thing that helps you build an entire application. It's like a piece of your application, but it doesn't, it's not the, the, the one thing that you can use to build an entire app. Um, that's sort of generic, but that's kind of how I've always thought about it. Yeah, no, I think that's a, actually a fairly good way to explain, explain it. I would always say like a framework is not considered a library. I, I think that to me is fair. But then is React a library or a framework? It's a library. Library, yeah. obviously. This has happened many times. So that's why I'm like, I'm going to ask the question. Uh, but yeah, it, I think... Libraries are things like helpers or utilities, things that will really help do a certain thing, but it's not the entire application. I think that's a really good way to put it, Stacey. Yeah, you're excellent. Your definition was like perfect. <laughs> I did I did read something. It was just like this whole like inversion of control thing. It was like you call a method from a library, like you're calling that method. And but like with the framework, it's inverted and like the framework calls you, which I don't know oh, if that really makes sense. Yeah. I, I had to think about that more. If that like definition works and how I think about front end frameworks, but and libraries. It works for some things. Uh, that's I think that's generally pretty good. I can think of instances where that wouldn't be the case, but I think generally that's a good way of thinking about it. What are some of your favorite libraries that you tend to use, whether it be at work or even just in a new project? What are some things that like must haves that you'll use? What do we consider Babel? I call that a library. Babel's a library. Yeah, definitely a library. Yeah, I mean, that one just seems like such a must. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's on the top of my list. Yeah. <laughs> the way I'm thinking about libraries, like, could I swap it out for something else pretty easily? I mean, no, nothing's that easy, but relatively painlessly. Like, um, Lodash, one of my favorite libraries. I could swap that out for underscore. Oh, yeah. There'd be some a little bit of refactor, depending on how many different pieces of the library I use, but overall it wouldn't change the structure of my code versus if I was using Angular, I could not swap that out very easily yeah. because that's a framework and not yep. a library. Oh yeah, you're pretty dependent on it at that point. Yeah, I think Lodash is my favorite. Mostly, uh, what do we, we use Get, like mm -hmm. Lodash.get. Yes. We use oh, that. Yeah. It's one of those things that I'm like, why can't we build this in the framework? People argue about smush or, you know, double colons for private access. I don't even know what they're arguing now, but I'm like, a getter on an object would be fantastic. Yes. Other other languages have it. JavaScript does not. Yep. It would be very nice to have. But that's what Lodash does. It just makes it really nice and easy. Babel definitely is really high up on there. But things like ESLint, 
if I'm doing something with Node, typically I go to Express right away. If I need a server, it, I find Express is a really quick way to get up and running. See, I, I think people might define Express as a framework. So it is like a web yeah. framework for building. It gets APIs, tricky. It gets yeah. No, actually, I think you're right. I think Express should be called a framework. It is a server framework. Yeah. All right, I, I fair. Would... That's fair, Jim. Uh, yeah, I'm not calling shenanigans. Like, I, I'm just like, when you say Express, I think it defines itself as a framework. Like yeah. I... But it totally doesn't fit what I was saying before. Like, you know, frameworks, like, helps you build an entire application, but it that's, like, the back end of your APIs. It's not the whole app. So that's, oh, that, that definition falls apart then. But I like the your definition because it's, like, a way of thinking about yeah. how we structure code and what frameworks and libraries look like. All right, Webpack. Or any sort of bundler, what would you, you consider that a library or? It's a library. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, even if you look at Express and saying that it is different compared to like something like a packager, a packager is more of like a tool, uh, very similar to something like Babel. I, I put, we call that a, a library. I, I would consider Webpack, Browserify, whatever packager you're using. Now, do you use Webpack in lots of your projects? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, well, I, I mean, yes. Like all the major, large, like React-based applications are have that I've worked with have all been using Webpack. I think Parcel starting to slip in a lot there, which we talked about like yeah. in a couple episodes ago. And yeah, definitely Parcel's coming up more and more. Yeah, which a library that definitely is too. I don't really. We don't use Webpack because we have no. our own flavor. I guess I would. Did you write your own? Yeah, Netflix does have their own. It has some like, certain things that we're using for A-B testing and how we split up our code. I've also found one library I really like that I'll use on the server side speaking because I mentioned Express. Well, let's go to a different route is uh, sometimes when I'm doing some node scripts, uh, if I'm having to scrape anything like from a site or just like trying to build out your own API that has to scrape uh, from another site, Cheerio, such a great library. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like so handy for being able to just like pull things from the DOM from another, just passing it a URL. It actually feels like you're writing jQuery because that's what it's really built to be like, but very helpful if you're just trying to scrape something from a site. And I've found in the past year I've had to do that often, uh, just like trying to get some data really quickly. And it makes my life so much easier to be able to do that. So that's something I reach for often. I can't look at that and not say it with a British accent. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what? When you get the data back, it kind of feels happy. Yeah. So that that's really good. <laughs> Uh, I like Mocha. Is Mocha a framework or would you say it's a library? Testing framework? Testing I think library. it defines itself as a framework. But mm. however, I think I could refactor Mocha for the most part to use Jest or another framework. We did that actually. Easily. And it was, per- it was almost, yeah, it was pretty one to one. It wasn't too much work to swap. So would you call it a framework? But or- is that close to, that kind of feels like even something close to the Express side is that it is somewhat of a framework that's being built hmm, because it's for your tests. It depends how deep you go. Like I you guess, can swap yeah. out Express for Restify. Oh, absolutely. Depending on your complexity, like fairly easily. Yeah. But it depends on like how, how deep you're going. But yeah. then does it change that it's not, it's like a library if you're only using a little bit and then it's framework if you're deep? Probably not. It, it's one or the other. This is hard. That's it's why hard. I said it's a hard <laughs> thing to define. <laughs> I mean, if Mocha calls itself a framework, we'll just call it the 
You know, oh, I have the third option. This is it's a library framework or stack. And the reason I mentioned oh, stack yes. is like when you have all these different little like so in a modern React app, you have like possibly twelve libraries that you're using to do all the things that you're gonna do. So like Redux, Redux sagas, uh, uh, normalizer, denormalizer, uh, just like library after library. But like that set of things makes the application. But that in and of itself isn't a framework because it's not like a single thing that you that comes bundled together that you're just able to be like, this is my new app. You have to pick and choose. So then it's your stack. Yeah, if you have all the things together, it's a stack. Your and then stack. they then you get the creative acronyms too that come yeah. along with yeah. it. Right? <laughs> like that makes it even cooler. Hmm. Stack. Mm. <laughs> so is a stack a collection of libraries? Collection of libraries and frameworks. Because it could fair. be it could be React and Express. It could yeah. be Yeah, there and you could have a testing framework in there as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can yeah, I when you say stack, I think of um, old school like LAMP stack. You know, Linux, <laughs> Apache, MySQL, yeah, yeah. PHP. Like that's that's a that stack. Was, what was the mean stack? It was like Mongo, Express, Express, Angular, Angular. Node. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So there Which you, I guess Express is implied when you say Node. I only know why it's mean stack because it's a badass uh, acronym. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. But like stacks make sense because you're like, I need a web server of some sort. Is it going to be Python? Is it going to be Java? Is it going to be Node? Yeah. Uh, you need some sort of UI library for describing like that sort of stack. Yeah. Stack makes sense in that case. But it's not testing stack, I guess, either. No. Going back to testing. So Mocha calls itself a testing framework. I just yeah. looked it up. All right. Which... So does Jest call itself a framework? Jest and Mocha are like I'm gonna laugh fairly if, Yeah, they're similar. similar but in... I'm going to laugh one calls it a library and one calls it a framework. Jess just says, delightful JavaScript testing. It doesn't have anything. <laughs> Useless, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Not helping at all. <laughs> Not helping the arguments. <laughs> Are there differences between client-side and server? We've kind of mentioned uh, some client-side JavaScript. Uh, we've also talked about server-side Node. How, do you think of those differently when you're thinking about libraries to choose? I mean, I haven't done a ton of stuff like server-side with JavaScript, like with Node. I I've like played around with Express and stuff just to have like a mocking server to like play around with, but for like professional work and stuff, I've not done any like Node stuff, so I've never been one to like like select a library or a framework for that side of things. So I don't know. Uh, I think, I mean, I you probably do with um, the trade offs you're making when you're talking about client Cheers. Like we. What's a good example? Uh, I guess Lodash is a good example. You're like, yeah. well, I want to use underscore. Or like, I'm sure some new hotness will come out soon. And you're like, well, what sort of trade-offs do we have to make? Sorry, Cheers. Make trade-offs. <laughs> With, uh, like, convenience versus size, I guess is a good, uh, if we want to go down that path a little right. bit. Definitely made that. Yeah, I think definitely, like, that's something client side have had many of those discussions i just i can't think of like a server side one where i'm like oh i have less concern though yeah. i think that's the thing lodash being used on the server i'm like yeah, or whatever yeah like the size isn't as concerning as it is on yeah. the um as on the client so that to me i'm like yeah cool there was lodash used once or twice here 
should have been used more times if you're going to use it on the client. But on the server, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's not as concerning. You might worry maybe there's some performance things, though, that I might be a little more concerned. But that might be splitting hairs, too, is like if you're using Lodash versus like writing it yourself. I'm pretty sure Lodash might actually be quicker, but maybe not. That could be a trade-off between those two. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> now it's becoming a terrible word. <laughs> yeah, at first we weren't saying it. Now it's now <laughs> it's, it's coming just, deeper into it. the episode. <laughs> so I I agree with you on the like I think server side libraries are easier just to like npm install or yarn yep. install or yarn add. Um, however, I would say we don't consider the things the balances we make. <laughs> I'm not saying the word. <laughs> I think a lot of newer people don't consider it because they, they don't think about um, architecture down the road. I've been in many chat rooms where someone's like, how do you do this webpack configuration? Because they're so lost because they have so many. They're like, well, I got Redux and I got this Redux sagas. And I've got Babel running in like stage zero and I've got all these things and now they're stuck because they've added all these tooling and all these libraries and they didn't think about like the consequences of adding all that complexity. And now they're like, I don't know how to get TypeScript to work with Babel properly and... Well, and it can even be versions because I think you were even you kind of mentioned there too. Um, it could even be versions that don't work with each other, or you have to be aware of which version you're on for Babel, which version you're on for, you know, Express or whatever you're using. Is sometimes those can conflict, or something's missing for your Webpack config, and you're now got to figure that one out too. I yeah, I I would almost argue that server side libraries are more important than client side libraries because there's uh, think about every thing that's gone down on npm or like hacked package that has happened or just like general npm wildness that has brought down parts of the internet because like you didn't even know that this package you use like has like a thousand dependencies and one of those has a dependency and one of those broke you wouldn't know that because we have so many uh we're just like oh yeah yarn ad because there's no cost or, or there's right. perceived little cost to but it. but you're saying is it's actually more concerning on the server because your server could actually go down yeah I, I, anytime in a, in a PR, if someone adds like a library, I'd be like, why? Mm-hmm. Is this important enough to like add to our overall complexity of our overall like package ecosystem to use like one? It's usually like one function in one library. And that well, going back to that point of like, I, I would actually said that I wouldn't be as concerned if Lodash was there and you're only using it for one method. I'm like, ah, oh, well, whatever. It's on the server. But if you did that client side, it'd be like, why are we adding this entire library for that one function that you could have wrote yourself? Like, just go write it yourself and not include it. But if you're using it multiple times, that might be a trade-off you're willing to make. Cheers. Cheers. I mean, I guess at least, you know, Lodash did, like, you can work, I think, with either, like, is it Babel or Webpack configuration that you can just like import the one thing that you yeah. need from there? So that's nice. I think uh, we're sort of circling on this topic, but it's kind of the future of JavaScript. And it's just when there's a library for everything, how how do you judge yourself as a JavaScript developer? If you're like, oh, I don't I don't know how to do bundling myself. I don't know how to like create notes over myself, which is, of course, fine. You don't have to know these things anymore. But how far removed will we be in the future from just like, oh, I don't know how to do basic things, which we run into in interviews. We run into people who don't know like how to do a basic query selector on the on the on the DOM because yeah. they just never, never had have. to. Yeah. So I yeah. What stage are we going to be like? Uh, to to put a different uh, analogy, your car mechanic 
who doesn't know how a compress- uh, combustion engine works. Like, you know how to diagnose and, like, these different things, not to swap out parts, but you don't actually know how an engine works. Are you still a good mechanic, or yeah, are this, you something else entirely at this point? I mean, this is the the ever-present question in our field. Like, are you a real web developer? Like, that, <laughs> I hate this question. Like, it's, like, driving... It, it, it's belittling to some people because when you come into the field and maybe uh, the the pace at which things change, uh, you're always learning something new and you, maybe you're spending all your time trying to learn like a brand new framework or a library uh, to get, a, you know, keep up with your job. And then maybe there's like basics and things that you haven't done in a very long time. What's the thing you're going to know really well? At that point, it's going to be the thing you're spending your time on. What is more valuable? It's like it's it's more valuable. I think I I personally believe it's more valuable to have like the foundations there. So like JavaScript and the basics of CSS and HTML and that stuff. And then you learn frameworks and libraries over time that are all built on top of that. But if you're spending like your entire day job for years just being in a, in a framework of some sort, that's going to be hard then to go into an interview and be like. That's cool. You spent all your time doing that, but we're gonna ask you about something you spend none of your time doing, and it's like, oh, what? That's like a, it's a conundrum in our industry. I think. Yeah, because you do get used to it. It's like you had those fundamentals, but you may not be doing them all the time. Right. And so someone's like asking you something, and you're like, wait, I can't just rely on Lodash. I can't just do this like in Angular that did this for me. It's like, oh, I have to write that from scratch. Yeah. Which I don't do on a daily basis. And I don't think it's a, it's not, it's nor, it's not good nor bad. It's just kind of this like state of our industry where people are in these different places and we expect them, everyone to be in the same place. I like what you said, Stacey, of going, you know, to fundamentals of JavaScript. And we do say how important that is. But then even if you're interviewing with a shop that's doing React and you've been doing Angular or Ember like for this long, long time. Yeah that can now you're like biased towards the framework you were just doing and so now you almost have to like relearn something and it it can be difficult hopefully you're not getting a ton of questions in an interview that is based around a framework because that can already put you apart which we always say just fundamentals the most important thing you can learn a framework i don't yeah but it's totally with you i I don't think most people agree i mean i think this sounds arrogant, but like I think we've thought about interviews and like what we look for when we hire people a bit more thoroughly than a lot of other people. Plenty of people go in and like, well, how do you do this in React? I'm like, I can do it, but is this really going to show like the the depth of my skill here? If yeah. I can show you that, yeah. Oh, it's like if I said, hey, you can do it in whatever framework or vanilla JavaScript or whatever, you would tend to lean on just doing it in vanilla JavaScript so that you can really demonstrate I do know the internals. A bit, yeah. I mean, that's what I want. I want someone who yeah. has, like, explored that and, like, been to the edge. Yeah. Of... Well, you can't troubleshoot things either if you start to not understand the lower levels. I think that's the important thing is the more, even how you're saying, like, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, knowing that is yeah. so important because when shit goes wrong with whatever library you're using, you you have to dig in it doesn't just happen for free and the library makes it i think really easy to do things poorly too so there's i've seen quite a few react developer well quote react developers (laughs) right uh you like use a div for uh an anchor you know make it and add an on click to it and you're like oh no that's not how the web works they're like i don't really know how the web works because i'm a react developer and i never like (sighs) learned you know what html really is so that's the that's like the reverse side of that where like 
now you're just doing the wrong thing because the library is not allows you to do allows it. Allows you to do well, it. Well, and I guess you could, you could still do that in JavaScript, but you're right; it's not the fundamental of any HTML. You know, being accessible, yeah, all all the things that come along with it, or will work without JavaScript, which is a beauty too. Is yeah. like being able to graceful delegation. There is like that's super helpful, and that's the way you should be building things. Mm-hmm. Just because you can put an on click on on that div, probably not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? This seems tangential, but I promise it's related. Have you both ever read Snow Crash? It's like a classic. I have. Yeah, I have not. You should read Snow Crash. All right. It, it like predates the internet or the idea of like what we know as modern internet, but like it it actually does a pretty good job of describing it. It's it's like classic in like hacker fiction and things like that. How? But uh, anyway, describes the future. The future programmers are just like it's a factory job. Mm-hmm. You're just like putting pieces together. And I was like, what a bleak, depressing future. But then I like as we're talking now, I realized like that's kind of what a lot of UI engineers do to now. They just take a bunch of libraries, they put them together. And they like write some code to tie it together and they ship it out and they're like, I'm an engineer. But like and not not insulting those people, but is that engineering anymore? Or is it just like you are putting stuff together? Because at some level we're always putting libraries together and doing something. It's just like depends on the level. Because we're not writing assembly, obviously. Yeah. There's something helping along right. the way. Well, I've met a ton of like uh, like front end devs now that have barely written any CSS at all. Because they work at places that have like uh like React UI component libraries, and they're gluing pieces together, but they almost never write CSS anymore because that's provided to them, and they're mostly just like, it's like plumbing. You're like wiring the things together, maybe hooking together the state stuff with Redux, but barely writing any CSS anymore. And then slowly like not understanding how CSS works because you don't really have to do it very often. I was like, oh, interesting. And that's delegated out to some other teams, like your React component library team. Is they're the ones that actually know how to write, you know, CSS and create create these like components. But like some of the other teams maybe don't do it as much. I was like, wow, fascinating. This industry is like changing in a way. It that's has rapidly changed. I'm trying to think if I think it's a problem. Um, I don't know. In, in the sense to what your question, Gem, is like, are you still an engineer? I think you still are. Of of taking libraries and putting them together, at least in, in my thought right now, I don't know, maybe it will become so easy that it's just like plug and play. But right now it's not that. It's like you still have to tie these things together. We even earlier in the episode mentioned how it, it gets very complicated as you're adding you know, Webpack and Babel and a server and a framework and you're putting all these things together you kind of have to know how they speak to each other and you do have to know how to tie them together is they're doing some heavy lifting for you, but you're ultimately having to pull them together and know the right tools for the job. So I think there's still thoughtfulness and engineering that goes around, even if you are using those tools. But if it was just like a button that's like build website, yeah, then yeah, I don't, that's not engineering. But right now I think, yes, even though there are all these great libraries and tools that help us, that is still engineering. You still have to know how to pull these pieces together and debug it when it doesn't work. Yeah. Does your question change? Because like engineer is like a recent change in title in, in, the, in the, the years I've been doing web development. It's always been development. You're like, you're a web mm. developer. You're a front end developer. And all of a sudden, like in the last, I don't know how many years, it was like engineer. You're a software engineer, 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 engineer. And like that was just not in the titles like for a long time. Which, so I don't, like, 
I think you could, in, or at least in my head, you could replace developer or engineer in Gem's question, and I think that would probably be the same question: is like, are you still a developer? Are you still an engineer? Yeah. See, I. That's a great. That's a great point. No, I think engineers and developers are two different things. Like, I think we use the titles interchangeably, but I am a software engineer. I don't need to use Java JavaScript to be a good engineer. Like, I can switch languages. And oh yeah. I would still be just as effective. Um, I think engineers think about architecture and they think about long-term use cases. They think about like performance. They think about lots of other things. Whereas developer is probably where most, or not most, a lot of UI engineers fit because you're putting together code. You need to understand sort of how those libraries work together. But for the most part, you're not thinking about all the considerations that a software engineer would make. Now, I know there's plenty of people that will probably disagree, but yeah, no, I think I think software developer is probably a more accurate term for what most people do. Interesting. Agree? Yeah. Disagree? I There's have... no Brian Hold on here to like, <laughs> well, Jim. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's people that will argue about that, like, and this is, this is now starting to go tangential, but, like, that engineering is... Uh, that it's silly that we actually use that as a term in our industry because there isn't rigor. It There is rigor, but like not the kind of rigor that there is in like civil engineering or industrial engineering where there's like, uh, co- like I'm trying to think of like standards and things that have to meet certain standards. There's like well-known uh, rules. Be- I don't, I don't like know. if you're getting electric work done in yeah. your house, electrical engineer or someone yeah. has to approve that. Yeah. You don't just, you can't just be like, Hey, I'm done. And now I'm an engineer. Yeah. It's like, you actually have to go through these, uh, certifications. Thank you. Yeah. You go through certifications. And like, we kind of have like self rigor. I think like we have really good engine, like software engineers that have put together like good patterns and practices and, and we, we say, like, that is good, but we don't have, like, there's no certification that says, like, this is good. And it's then we also an argue about a... what is good and what is not. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. 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 So it's, I don't know, yeah, the, the, t- the title engineer, like, from people that have that title outside of our industry, I think look at ours and be like, but what, what do you mean you're an engineer? Like, what is that? It's interesting, too, because this actually goes to our previous episode when we were talking about... Uh, the internet of things and like smart devices and gem you actually said you're like there needs to be more maybe not certifications but there needs to be a little more rigor rigor yeah. around these yeah. products that anyone can just build them or there could be a bug that shipped and it can be a very detrimental bug now you're tiring hardware and software together so that maybe that is it, that they're right something yeah something i think about a lot like with all the, the titles that we have and like what role in, yeah how we define what we do <laughs> all right so but people i'm sure there's plenty of people out there that'll argue like i'm a software engineer yeah i like i build a lot of ui and i put libraries together things like that but what i do is very complex and i wouldn't disagree with that however how many steps removed will we be in the future until you can no longer say you're like i'm a software engineer like if you're just like create react app is a great example of i can build a website with a button and I'll put together like some basic things. I change some text and like, bam, I have a website. Like, we're not as technology progresses. Like, we we get closer and closer to being like, I can build things with one button or one command. 
Yeah, well, it's it's not a button; it's still a command. It's still so a command. maybe it maybe once it becomes a button, I was thinking a button. Yeah, yeah. Publish it then. Yeah, exactly. It's create React app button. The button. Create React app button. Yes, and then that might actually now no longer. I'll make it an Amazon like instant button. Like you just hit it remotely. You're like, Mom, I just made ten websites while we we're sitting here hitting this button. You the eject also has to be a button because that's very epic. Eject. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and that just deletes the site, or does that ship it? No, that ejects you out of the normal configuration and ejects you into being an engineer. Yes. Ah, <laughs> I see what you're saying. So there's two options, the easy and the hard. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm interested to know, bring it back to libraries of what do you think about when you're choosing libraries? Like what are some things that you look for, think about when you're actually choosing a library in your application or at work or whatever you're doing? What do you think about? Uh in past, in some of my past jobs, I've had to be really methodical about it and actually like write um, like little mini papers, just like with, that have grids that say like um, uh, number of stars on GitHub. Not that that necessarily means it's good or bad, but like popularity, adoption, good documentation. Is there a good community? Is it has it been recently updated? Is it like actually continued to be developed and worked on? Are bugs being fixed? Uh, those are, I think, some of the big ones. There's probably more, but those those kind of stand out. And those like, are super important too. I think even just to your point of like, is it still being worked on? Because like, maybe it doesn't need to be. Maybe it's just bulletproof and it works. Like sometimes I can think of some small utilities that I use and just does that thing. Get a query parameter. That's something if once you've written it once, doesn't doesn't necessarily have to change too much. Maybe it does. There's things that may not need to be supported, but then there are the ones that you're like, nobody's touched this for like three years. Probably shouldn't invest a lot of my architecture in something that's like I'm very dependent on and no one's really actively working on it. Uh, the GitHub star is interesting because like it's not a real metric in my opinion. However, I've seen it used in multiple companies. It's like, well, this this one has 5,000 stars. This one has like 200 stars. So we keep using it, even though like it's not a reliable metric of anything. Like I can hit star on any library, yeah. and it means literally not using nothing. it. You're just yeah, like, you just start it. It's like measuring that by uh, hiring someone by uh, followers on GitHub, which I have a couple hundred followers on GitHub. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how many I have. You probably have a lot. Too. You probably have a lot too. I have none. I have nothing on GitHub. Stuff <laughs> real fast. Uh, <laughs> like. I don't know. I'm sure there's people out there that use that as a metric for who's a good engineer, who's not. Well, I hope don't not. don't do that. I'm sure I'm a terrible somebody, engineer. Apparently, I'm a, I don't know why anybody <laughs> follows me on GitHub. I don't do that much in public. I do a lot of stuff in private repos, but mm-hmm. um, what I look for is: Do I need this library, or is it going on the client or server? Do you understand exactly what this library is doing? Am I using just one function in this library? Is it something that we can write ourselves? Or this library handles, like, a lot of edge cases. Like, Lodash is great for that. Yeah. Handles, like, a lot of edge cases that people don't think about. Um, How well it's maintained, like you said. Like, um, is there a lot of documentation on it? Kind of a lot goes into the library. I wouldn't casually... I try not to get my side project. Yeah, I'll npm install everything. Yeah. Like, I don't know why it's not a command. Just like give me all of npm and I'll just just, take and just the whole whole you never directory. Know. I yeah. might need, I might need this. Uh, but client side, I'm probably more rigorous as uh, Stacey and I were discussing earlier about like package bloat and things yeah. like that. Like that's a that's one. Yeah, uh, footprint. Yeah, like, footprint. Yeah, how oh, big, how big is it. this library that I'm bringing in? But that can be like 
somewhat of a false thing to look at too. So like one time I was talking with someone, they were comparing like React and Ember and Angular and like some of these big, big frameworks slash libraries. And they're like, oh, well, React is so tiny. Like that's the winner compared to like these other ones that were bigger. And you're like, well, that is tiny because it's like a small piece of the thing. Like Ember's all of it. Angular's probably all of it. Um, but once you add in the other libraries that you're going to need with React, perhaps to do the things you want to do, you might end up adding up to like the same footprint size as these other frameworks that you're comparing it against. Yeah, and the other way too, you could remove some of those things that you're not using yeah. in Angular or Ember. Yeah, and maybe and you don't maybe need com- everything. Exactly. Yeah. I was actually going to say like file size does matter, but that's also an argument where you need to really think about what you need and what you don't because if you are comparing three different pieces well, do you have to add another? Does it have everything you need? Well, no, I've got to add in this library and this yeah. library. Well, now that library that you first were comparing against those other two are now, they might actually be about the same. So that could be something that you have to really think through. It's definitely a trade-off. <laughs> Cheers. 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 I'd also say if you're, if I was building something and I know it's going to be big and complex, like its own framework, I would minimize my use of libraries because let's say you build this giant framework and then one of your dependencies is broken completely. What do you do now? Because you've now broken this framework and you have to refactor. So I would I would think, I don't know if this is true, but I would think like the, the more popular React or any of these other massive uh, libraries and frameworks get, the less dependencies they tend to have over time because like you just can't take that chance of a dependency breaking and then it, it breaks down the line. Yeah, if I were building a framework, I would do like as few dependencies as possible. You know, it's an, also an interesting thing that we honestly didn't call out as a library, jQuery. Mm. Which, classic. honestly, it is such a classic library. And like, I know we rag on it nowadays, but it was so good. Like, yeah. it was so powerful. I feel like JavaScript is so important now because of jQuery. Mm-hmm. I didn't like JavaScript before jQuery because it was such a pain in the ass because you had to try and support all these different browsers. It wasn't easy to do. jQuery really solved that where you're like, oh, no, I can write JavaScript and it will work across the board. And so that to me is a pretty powerful library. Just calling it out there as much shade as we throw at it now. It's like it got us to where we are today. Yeah, it was it was a huge like paradigm shift in the web. I mean, that was uh brought so many people into the field that maybe weren't super hardcore programmers but they could understand jQuery. I mean it opened it brought more people into the field, got people more interested in doing web development. All of that is it's the platform is popular because it was easy to get into. So before we like jump into picks, what advice would you give to someone the next time that they're looking to choose a library? I know we've talked about various things that we look for, but what are some things, advice that you would give someone who's thinking about using a library? I suppose I, I, I go I'm more abstract. I like back away from that even question and just be like, well, what are you trying to do? And that, and figure that out first. And so like, oh, I'm trying to build my personal project so I can learn React because I don't know it. Okay, cool. And then you should use React, obviously, because yeah. that's the point of what you're trying to do. Uh or I am trying to build something for a small business that is an e-commerce site that they need to build a shopping cart and whatever. Okay, don't build that from scratch. Probably use a framework that's out there that is amazing for that. And 
maybe use one that lets has a nice interface so that they can maintain it after you leave because you're not going to be around for a while or or I don't, don't want to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's super dependent. I think on it's not about just the frame the library the framework. It's like why why what are you trying to build and why and what's the gonna, problem you're trying to solve and who's going to be around to support it and is there is it going to be just you or a team like all those questions i love that the what's the problem you're trying to solve like that spoken like a true senior engineer <laughs> i don't think enough people do that they're yeah. like i'm gonna use this i'm gonna use mocha why because yeah. popular what problem are you trying to solve i need to write more tests okay is this the best like but like, yeah, and people are like, that's a lot of work to think about because I just want NPM install library. I'm like, yes, that's what software engineering is, though. Yeah. Like, we have to think about it's the choices thinking about yeah, the tr- choices you make. How do they scale? How do they live within? Like, even Stacy mentioned a team. How like how do they scale in that way with the team? But how do they work for you for years to come? Because I'm sorry, we're not changing a framework or library every other day because some cool new one came out that that's very costly to do and so you need to think about it as like how does this scale what support is around this library all those things really really matter it's the time that you're having to put into it up front is worth it in the long run so it is it's very easy to npm install but hopefully you've taken some thoughtfulness around it before just hitting that command Another thing I was going to mention, being within a team, and I think, Stacey, you kind of said that, is that you, at other companies, you would, you know, write up this doc, basically, of, like, why you should use it. I think sometimes, depending on how much rigor you need to do around choosing a library, I think a doc is super helpful. Like, outline the pros and cons, why you're choosing it. This is the problem I'm trying to solve. These are the reasons why it might not be the best choice. Or, you know, outlining three other options and kind of saying what the pros and cons are and really coming to that conclusion. I think approaching the problem that way is very, very helpful. You can then share that doc with your team, other stakeholders, whoever needs to be involved in that. And you've already kind of outlined it for them. They can comment and question things as well. But then you're ultimately hopefully coming to a really, really strong conclusion to the right answer to use the library or not. Mm hmm. Yeah, if you have like a, a decent sized team, if you don't have the um, buy-in's not the right word, but like if people are not in the, in it with you on that, like you can't just unilaterally be like, "We're gonna do this." I, yeah. I don't care if you if you like it or not. Nobody really likes that developer <laughs> at that point. That developer's not a cool developer. <laughs> but you both think it sounds so easy, but I think this is one of the more difficult things you do in software engineering is of like getting rid of your bias. It's like I've used uh, Jest before, so. If you say, are we going to use Mocha or um, Ava? Oh, Ava. Ava or, um, I mean, they're all different things. But, like, avoiding that bias towards things you've already used before in favor of, like, what's better for the team is really, really hard to do. It's it's one of the more difficult things you'll do in software because you're like, well, I want to use the thing I'm good at and I already know the ins and outs, but the team may be better to do this and it may be better in the long term to do this. Um not going to say it, but it's a trade-off is that you're, cheers, cheers. Yeah. having to think about that is because that ramp-up time for you or the rest of the team could be very costly yeah. or it might not be. So you may think it, this might be the better option long-term, but it's going to cost us a lot up front. That might not work for you. It may, it's, it's, those are the things that you have to really figure out and discuss. So yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not that easy. I think also sometimes, too, is the people that don't have teams and team members to bounce ideas off. Get creative. Ask the Internet. Post something on Twitter. Like, 
just ask people and, you know, get their opinions on it. Um, that can always be helpful too. At the end of each episode, we like to share pics of things that we found interesting and would like to share with our listeners. Let's go around the table and share today's picks. Stacy, you want to start it off? Sure. Okay. So I have two picks. Uh, the first one, this one's like kind of been out there for a little bit, um, but I thought it was really clever. Uh, it's called Itty Bitty. Um, it's a, uh, it's like, you think of like URL shorteners or, you know, like, yeah, bit, bitly like or one that, of those. Yeah. It's uh, Itty Bitty. Um, but it's the, the fascinating part about it. It's like a self-contained microsite and it exists only as a URL. Mm. So everything that you see on the site when you load it up is actually been encoded into the URL. So there's only so much you can put in it and only so much your web page could have on it because of that. Um, but basically, yeah, it's it, everything that's on the web page, it exists as a URL compressed. Um, it's compressed what's known as the, let's see, Lempel Ziv Markov chain algorithm. I, I have no idea what wow. that is, but that's the algorithm that's used uh, to do this compression. Um it's just kind of like a, a trick, you know, and, but I thought it was kind of clever and, and kind of cool that you could like share a URL with someone and that's the entire thing. The, the web page is encrypted, you know, encoded in that. That is really cool. I could think of some good use cases for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the first pick. Uh, the second one is a music pick um, and it's a track called Dust by uh, Nikola Bugayev. I, I hope I, I mispronouncing, I'm sure, but uh, it's uh, techno. Um, he's a producer, musician. I just thought it was a really good track. He's been producing music for a long time. Um, yeah, good, good stuff. Check it out. For it's good for coding. Awesome, Jem. Where do you have? Uh, I have three picks. And Stacey, your music picks are like almost always like they resonate with me very well. Oh, so nice. Good. I'm just glad. Listen, Stacey's picks everywhere. <laughs> uh, my first pick is, um, well, it's like a it's a mini book almost. Uh, it's called The Holloway Guide to Equity Compensation. And this actually comes up quite a bit, especially in the world of startups or any software engineering job where part of your conversation is likely in uh, equity. It is very long. It is. I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling. It is extremely long and complex and deep. But I wouldn't say I've read all of it. I'm not even pretending like I have. But it's like a good go to. The site's really well put together. Um, it's worth checking out. But. It's good to understand equity conversation a bit because, like, that's part of what you do for a living is get paid and understanding that and not getting ripped off is important that probably we don't spend enough time thinking about in our day-to-day. Uh, my second pick uh, is a game I've been playing recently. It's called Warframe. It's kind of an older game, relatively. It, it's been around for a while up there with um, not as old as Warcraft, but it's pretty old. It is a free-to-play game, um, but it's not one of those, like, you have to pay to win. It's very, very, very complex. Um, I wouldn't even describe it. Oh, I'll describe it as like it's it's been described as space ninjas with magic. <laughs> it's probably the best way of uh That's a great way to describe of it. Describing it. Uh if you've been on PC gaming for a while, you've probably heard of it. But I've been playing it, it's pretty fun. It's kind of a grind, but it it is it's a lot of fun so far. Um and my third pick for Valley Silicon, that is the part where I say like these things shouldn't exist. It's my favorite. Uh <laughs> They so only good. exist because people out there have too much money, mostly us here at Silicon Valley. My next pick, and this was sent to me by one of our listeners, um, it's chicken diapers. So you've heard of... <laughs> like, ur- for real chickens. Yes, yeah, so you've heard of urban chickens, right? It's like a yeah. cool thing. You have chickens in your... Because they're pretty easy to maintain, from what I understand. Yeah, yep. So there diapers? are companies that sell diapers. 
luxury diapers for chickens. And apparently, these aren't just diapers. These are luxury, expensive diapers. <laughs> that people, like, take pictures of their chicken. Like, look how cool my chicken is on Instagram. And it's, like, a thing. Who sees these chickens? Chicken Other diapers. than Instagram, apparently. People. <laughs> it, it's enough. There, there are multiple companies that will sell you not just chicken diapers, but luxury, <laughs> high-end, handmade, artisanal chicken diapers. What Damn. is Damn. What is Yes, high- people have too much money. People have too much money for their chickens. What is high-end about them? They're just fancy. I mean, they're, I guess it's the same thing as, like, high-end clothes or something. Maybe it's, like, some they're fabric. They're handmade, handmade by... Dolce finest. Gabbana. Like. <laughs> soon. Soon. Um, but, yeah. I know. I, I love doing it, too, because these things are just ridiculous. Wow. That's amazing. And I love that people are now sharing uh, these things with you. That's great. I can't wait to follow I appreciate this. These, these links, it's just so ridiculous. All right. Well, I have two picks. Um, one is a Mac app called CleanShot. Uh, I don't know how many times this probably happens to you enough. There's You'll have to take a screenshot of something and your nice, ugly background on your desktop is covered in a bunch of icons from all the mess that you have there. Well, this actually, when you do screenshots with your background or your desktop will actually clean itself. It hides all the icons. So it just keeps the beautiful picture on the background. Um, I thought it was genius. I was like, what a smart little thing to have. Um, So yeah, next time you have to take a screenshot and you want your desktop in the background, it doesn't have to have all the little icons. Then uh, my second pick is a book I just read called So You Want to Talk About Race. It was an amazing read. Um, Some very, very powerful stories in the book. The author shares a lot of interesting stories of her life growing up and the things that she experienced. It was just really eye-opening. She's just like so honest in the book, which is really, it's great. Um, I highly recommend checking that book out. Before we end the episode... Where can people get in touch with you, Stacy? I'm Stacy Londoner on Twitter. I'm Jem uh, Young on Twitter. I'm Burgess D. Ryan on Twitter. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on whatever you listen to your podcasts on and follow us on Twitter at FrontendHH. Any last words? React is a library, not a framework. <laughs> <laughs>